This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Welcome back to Drive the Lane, the bi-week blues. We break Buckeye code a little bit. We have former Michigan and NFL tight end Jake Butt on the show. You will enjoy the interview. Talk a little Ohio State football. Of course, we talk a little Ohio State basketball. But before we get to all that, before we get to the entire episode, we have to tell you for the 900th time about our presenting sponsors, Brain Fuel. Here's the deal. You're not listening to this episode for the first time. This is not your first drive to lane. If it is, welcome. So for our listeners out there, you know we love Brain Fuel. Where can you get it? B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L.com. Huh? What is brain fuel? Maybe you skip through the ads. Maybe it is your first time listening. We're all over the place. It's the bye week, but brain fuel, it's not an energy drink, but it's better than an energy drink. It's not a cup of coffee. It's better than a cup of coffee. You know, we're at the time of the year where you need to be energized. The days are, are slower. The days are shorter. There's less light out there. Stay fueled, stay focused with brain fuel. It's about to be basketball season's real close to NBA. By the time you're listening to this, NBA is a week away. Spencer Dinwiddie, Marcus Smart, and Io DeSumo, they they're drinking brain fuel. They don't need to go to B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L.com to get it. They just have it because they're they're brain fuel athletes. You can get your own at B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L.com. Or if you're in Chicago, where I am, where Joey will be on November 4th for our live show at the Butcher's Tap. You can just go to 7-Eleven and pick up your own brain fuel. Oh, my God, I'm so tired. It's a Saturday. I have to watch a full slate of college football, and Ohio State doesn't play. What am I going to do? Get a brain fuel. Oh, my God, it's a Saturday. Ohio State is playing. It's the second quarter, and the game's already over. I'm so tired. I'm falling asleep. What are you going to do? Grab a brain fuel. How how was that, Joey? (laughs) Oh, my God. Try not to laugh during this. You need a brain fuel. You just went for 10 minutes straight. Talking I don't. I've had nine today. You can't tell. <laughs> oh, man. No, that was great. I mean, we love brain fuel. Shab, we, we love you, brain fuel. Excited to, to have some uh, brain fuel back uh, to give away at, at our live show, which is coming up. It's crazy that it's coming up. Um, some two fun confirm, announcements. Two confirmed guests. Two confirmed guests. We won't tell you who, but they're fun. They're fun. They're big. Um, <laughs> what? They're big. They're, they're big. One. They're both. They're they're fucking massive. Yeah, I mean, they're they're large guests. They're physically imposing guests. They're pretty big, like 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 notoriety and stature wise for sure, but also like the sheer size of them. Like they are big. Get large guests. Definitely our two biggest guests. Yeah, yeah, big guests. Well, we had Greg Oden. Didn't say tallest. He's. Pretty darn big, all things considered. Would you say, do you think Sullinger is bigger than these two big guests? Sully's bigger than them, yeah. You think Sully weighs more than them? Absolutely. All right, I'll Google these guys' weights. You, you, what'd you think of the football game, Joe? The football game was great. Who cares? Uh, they missed, we beat Michigan State again. Bye week, time to assess the season. The season's been great. We talk a lot of Ohio State with Jake Butt, who, um, I know that's we didn't really mention that at the Andrew talked about everything that's ever happened in drive lane history in that opening, but forgot to mention that we have an incredible interview with Jake Butt, um, former Michigan. T- oh, I didn't you did forget say that. that I said that right away, baby. You did say that. Sorry, now that it's, it's all coming back to me, it was a long time ago. Sorry, um, 
so we talked a lot of Ohio State, a lot of football with Jake, but we both agreed that Ohio State's in a great spot. We love Ohio State. They were awesome. Shout out to C.J. Stroud for setting the Big Ten record with um, six passing touchdowns in his third game. Andrew is telling me that they are that they're bigger than Sullinger. No, 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 no. no. Oh. You're right, but it's real close. I think it depends right. when you weigh these guys, and really depends when you weigh Sullinger. But the the second coolest thing C.J. Stroud did last week was throw six touchdowns. The first coolest thing was sit next to your boy, yours truly, at Buckeyes on the Blacktop to be a dunk contest judge, which was hilarious. First of all, it was supposed to be like me, Brutus, Kyle Young, and Gene Smith. And then Kyle texted me and was like, hey, man, I'm not coming. I have to be in, I have to be in Cleveland at 6 a.m. Uh, Thursday morning, so I have to leave tonight. Like, I can't go. Gene Smith was getting honored at some event that night. Holtman was going to step in, but Holt had to go to a, a, had an event that night. Um, so then they were like, okay, we'll do Joey Brutus and some, and a former, and a player, a current player and a guy on staff. So it was going to be me, justice and Terrence Styles. Then we show up and a lot of the football guys are there. It's um, Sonny Styles was there. Kate Stover was there. Um, CJ Stroud. Um, I'm blanking on some of the other names. Some other wide receivers were there. Um, the list goes on. There's about six of them. They're and, and well-known superstar stud guys talking to the assistant coaches, um, myself. It was kind of cool off to the side. Like they were trying to be low key. I was not trying to impose myself and be like, you don't know who the fuck I am. You don't care about me. So don't worry about it. But I did get to talk to CJ because I ended up saying, yo man, you're welcome to judge the dunk contest if you want. He was like, I'm not really supposed to even be here right now, so I don't think that makes sense. And then I go and walk on the court. Uh, me, I'm, I'm giving Brutus up the high five. They're announcing me, and then all of a sudden I hear, and, and the final judge is the starting quarterback for the football team, and I just see Mike Nettie, like, walking him through the crowd into onto the court. And, yeah, so then we're judging the, the basketball. The dunk contest, he's, like, nudging me, like, what score are you going to give this guy? Like, I got, in great, I got a great question for you. Yeah. Is, did anyone at Buck? I kind of two questions. First question: Do you think anyone at Buckeyes on the Blacktop did not know who CJ Stroud was? No. Okay. No. Then that no follow up. Okay. What I think was funny was Brutus was obviously Brutus. But the three guys, the three humans, non-mascots that were judging, all were number 14 in their career. That's pretty cool. CJ obviously changed to seven this year, honored Dwayne Haskins, or maybe even last year as well. But um, he was 14 when he ran in that touchdown against Michigan State yeah. a few years ago. Um, pretty wild. We were all number 14. We all same levels of excellence in their sport. Um, yeah, but it was just pretty wild that – I'm sitting next to the Heisman winner judging a dunk contest. When in the grand scheme of things, Joey Lane is as as close to irrelevant as I've ever been in my since graduating. You know, obviously because I'm going away away. There are some things that maybe will make me a little bit more relevant in the future, but um, that's just the name of the game. He was really, really cool, really nice, hilarious. We took some pictures together. I tweeted out, obviously. There are some other pictures of us that Joe Gemma is like basically withholding and won't give to me, which I'm, I don't know. He just, Joe, text me back, please. Um, I went over to him afterwards. 
I was like, that was pretty crazy. He's like, oh, and I got some pictures for you. Don't worry. And I'm like, okay, send them my way. But yeah, overall, Buckeyes on the blacktop. Andrew, I know you couldn't be there, unfortunately. Andrew was so close to getting on a flight to come just for Buckeyes on the blacktop and driving home, but, yeah. but he didn't. Um, the things that stood out was it, it was fun that they were going against the girls, but I wish it was, and granted, they can't really make it elongated and it's hard because it's outside. It's a smaller court. The guys should have been going up against each other. That would have been very fun to see a little bit of competitiveness. When guys play girls, there's this weird, or I, when males play females, when the men play the women, um, like it or not, there's a sense of it's a lose-lose for the guys. You're supposed to beat them. So if you win, you're like, oh, way to go. You beat, you know, a, girl, a, a person from the women's team. Or you lose, you're like, oh, my God, this guy stinks. Like, this this is our best three-point shooter at Ohio State. If I had any criticism, it would be I'd love to see the guys go against each other, the girls go against each other, and then the guy champion plays the girl champion in each respective thing besides the dunk contest, obviously, because, you know, they they did the, the shooting stars, which is fun, layup, free throw, three, half-court shot. That's fun. They did a three-point contest, but they did it against each other. I wish it would have been men against men, women against women, winners. The best man plays the best woman in the championship. That would have been very, very fun. Yeah. Um, the dunk contest was great. I haven't, I haven't slept knowing that that's the format it was. Right, exactly. So the dunk contest was great. This team is has a ton of energy. They're super athletic. Though you saw, if you were there, when they did the five-on-five five fake scrimmage, because, like, it wasn't really a scrimmage. It was just, like, an all-star game. Like, the guys were getting dunks, throwing each other oops, shooting deep threes. You could tell that, number one, there's a lot of personalities on the team. Number two, there's a lot of talent, raw talent, on the team and number three the charisma and camaraderie of this team is not normal for them never playing together 10 new faces you know like what i was told by the staff and some of the other um you know assistant sort of positions is that there's no bullshit that's happening with this team everybody goes to class everybody tries hard in practice they're all good people and they all like each other a lot and that goes a long, long way, I think, in being successful. You couple that with a great coaching staff. Um, and uh, Buckeyes on the Blacktop was a really, really fun time. It, it was it was, it was, was really cool. It's always fun for me, too, like, selfishly, like, getting to take pictures and sign stuff. Like, that's insane. Like, who? I, I, I am a nobody. But they want my – they want to take a picture with me. And someone had a sign that said Towel Gang Forever. Like, how do they – like – like that's so crazy to me. That's just will that just will always blow my mind. So yeah, great night though. Shout out to Kyle Davis. He put a ton of work into it, and it was really really fun. And Did next year's gonna be insane. What? Did anyone like MC it? Yeah, it was uh, the PA announcer in arena, Father Panda Matt, who I love with all my heart. Who we should I have on the show in some capacity because he is that sort of energetic, fun personality that he would add he would add an element of fun to it maybe maybe we'll you know give him 20 bucks and see if we could do it next year i i would love to do that i've always joked with them about if they did a midnight madness i would love to MC it but we'll see what happens but yeah it was on the blacktop is like in lieu of midnight madness right exactly yeah yeah there's some really fun things that are expected next year because of the turnout um this year and the success of it this past year. I'm not going to spoil it because that's not my place to do it, obviously. 
Uh, but shout out to Kyle Davis, the man behind the madness. It was an awesome event. He's got incredible ideas. Um, he's got this new role where he's like in charge of like the fun stuff now and he's killing it. So um, yeah, it was a blast. It was a great time. Very, very, very cool. There's a lot of cool stuff going on at Ohio state. There's a lot of cool stuff going on in the sports world. I personally am very excited for the NBA and college basketball. Um, just because, you know, we we're going to be eating in late October, November, December, you know, early January, like those, those three to four months is just sports heaven, especially for, for guys like you and me, like there's probably not a night from there's probably one night a week, maybe starting November 8th, that there's not an Ohio state basketball or football game, a bulls game, a Browns or bears, like, like it's probably, and then wild. We got our teams that we love. You know, like I love watching LeBron and the Lakers. You're going to love watching Jalen and the Knicks. And, of course, you like all NBA. We both like all co- – like we're going to be eating in those months. I feel like more more these years – you can't see us. We just did the Zeke eating thing. But, like, I don't know why. I saw a tweet that said starting, like, October 10th or maybe 15th, it's like a month straight of – there's football every night, like somehow something crazy like that. It's but, just wrapping up for drive to like, there's just going to be so much more. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to, obviously we're not going to like break down NBA, but like we always talk NBA. It's just exciting when there's, when there's a lot of basketball going oh, on. Oh yeah. It's just at the end of the day, there is a lot going on now. Sorry. They're on a bye week and Ohio state is boring, but um, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I don't really. Sports are here. I, I'm wake me up for the Penn State game. I'm with you. Yeah. We have anything else to talk about? I mean, we're about to have a lot more to talk about. No, I think we should get to that interview with Jake Budd. It's incredible. I think he is Joshua Perry Jr. in the sense that he just is an encyclopedia of knowledge, and sometimes you just got to wind him up and let him go. Um, I do believe he will be a recurring guest and. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he's in town and can come to the, to the live show because we'd love to have him. Yeah, that would be really cool. I, uh, the Butcher's Tap, November 4th. The live show is going to be fantastic. We will see all of you there. And let's get to our interview with Jay Booty. All right, joining us now on Drive the Lane. It's the bye week, so we're allowed to have a, a Michigan related guest former michigan and nfl tight end jake butt welcome to the show i like how you started that with the with the michigan intro right i think you know now in the world of social media i think buckeye fans honestly a lot of them have been fair but they start off every single comment with hey i know he played for the team up north but you know or some guys come at me really hard and they're like i can't ever root for this i'm like listen man I get it. I'm not, I don't need anyone in Ohio state to be my friend or like me. That's what makes the rivalry fun. But I can tell you this in my analyst role, I'll give you my honest analysis. And I've been fair about Ohio state all year. I've given them the respect they deserve, but who I want to win is a different story. I'm just, my job is to give you my analysis. So I try to try to walk that line and make that a clear point. And Jake, we appreciate you coming on here, man. And we know it's a busy time of the year. I, I, what is, funny to me is we talked about it briefly before we started recording you're you're new to all this you're great uh, everyone says you're great we think you're great you are great 
but there must be a fine line of catching yourself like, oh shit, like I, I can't say something that sounds like I'm rooting for Michigan or I can't say something that Michigan State, I'm, I'm poo-pooing them for no reason. How mm-hmm. has that been so far? Oh, Michigan State fans, I mean, they, they are not have, having it at all. I tried to tell them before the season. I mean, this wasn't even a shot. Like, I was like, listen, you guys had it. You guys outpaced expectations last year. No one thought that. You're going to regress. Like, that's just the, that's the law of nature, man. You're going to regress back to the standard. That's not a bad thing. I, and then I'll follow it up by saying Mel Tucker's a good coach, and he's recruiting well. So just don't get don't get upset when you regress this year. They didn't want to hear it, but hey, welcome to reality, Spartan fans. It's okay. They as actually, far as Michigan, sorry. what's that? Oh yeah, I was actually, saying, as far as Michigan goes, like against Ohio State. They what? They actually improved against Ohio State this year versus last year. Uh, yeah, right. I guess uh, <laughs> from uh, wor- bad to worse, I guess, or worse to worse to still bad. But you know, listen, the thing about Michigan too, and the good the good part about this is. The rivalry's back. That was a huge win for Jim last year. That was a that was a big, big thing to prove like, hey, listen, we can do it. You know, I was part of that 2016 game with JT was short. And now that now that Jim do- won that game, now there's an honest debate going on. I mean, listen, Ohio State's rightfully rated up towards the top of the nation. I mean, I, I probably have them as a the number one team, but I can, as soon as I say that, I can make the case that Michigan has the potential to win that game with the way they play football and how that matches up against Ohio State. So that's the fun part about this is you can really see both sides. So yeah. I caught I caught something. Sorry, Andrew. Uh, you know, no we are, Jake, you and me are similar in the sense that we, you know, our recent NCAA players, our coaches are still coaching our teams. Do you ever catch yourself like you just call him Jim like would you ever you would never call him Jim if you saw him right oh good point yeah no I don't I don't I, I would call him coach <laughs> but I yeah you're right coach Harbaugh good catch is, is that wild though because like if you were sitting there sideline interview you'd say coach Harbaugh but if you're talking as an analyst you might say Jim like are you I'm just wondering are there more weird things that you find yourself doing that you're like huh. what happened to me being that student athlete that hated the media now I am the media yeah, you're kind of getting me to reflect because my first game that got me into this media was calling uh, the Michigan spring game. I called I called him Jim like 10 times in that game. And I'm like, what? You know, I was like, man, I don't know. It is a little bit weird. But at the same time, like, I know I earned his respect when I was playing. Right. And he'll always be Coach Harbaugh to me. But like, hey, it's also I feel like Jim is Jim Harbaugh. You know, it's coach is just a vague term you need to say Jim Harbaugh you know to, to specify so I mean it's he, he'll always be coach Harbaugh to me even coach Jay like Jay Harbaugh is the tight ends coach you know he's only a couple years older than me I still call him coach when I see him all, all of them when I see him it's coach but you know when I when I refer to him I have to specify a little bit on air to, to help draw the viewers eyes and ears to where they need to go so obviously you know a lot about the Michigan team just because you probably have paid attention since the second you left. I assume you know a lot about Ohio State. They're the most in the news. But is there a team that you're ever sitting around and you're like, God, what? why do I know so much about Rutgers? Like, this is like, is there a third team that is like, I know so much about this random, to an extent, Big Ten team? It, uh, it kind of started like, so I knew I was going to get into this and I got like the, um, what is it like the Athens sports preseason magazine, the Phil Steele preseason magazine. I started researching it because I just didn't want to be blind going into the season. So I want to familiarize myself, all the transfers, the new coaches, 
Um, Illinois was a team that I started to know really, really well. I called the Minnesota spring game. So like I started to learn them really, really well. And I'd say at this point, it's all just building off itself each week, like each week you see the games, you see the results, you see the narratives, you see why and how teams are winning and succeeding or why and how they're losing. And it just, it slowly builds off of itself. Like it's kind of similar to a playbook. Like you get the playbook and like you study it the first day and you're like, okay, I kind of know, but then each week you review your notes, you go over it again. Eventually, Hey, if it's why stick on day one, I know the Y has the stick. By week three is studying that. I know what the F, X, and Z have. I know the offensive lines, pass protection. I know what the quarterback, where the quarterback wants to go with the ball and what situations. It just builds on itself like anything as long as you're paying attention. So going off that, obviously this is an Ohio State-focused show. Um, Ohio State fans, ourselves included, really just look at end of November, early December. That's when the season kind of starts. And Michigan feels the same way to an extent as well. Um, we know that the Big Ten East is going to be deciding their last game. It's going to be either Michigan, it's going to be Ohio State playing the Big Ten Championship. Who in the world is going to win the Big Ten West? Before I want to touch on something you said, though, um, I would I would agree. Ohio State, Ohio State has earned the right to think like that, where it's like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna you know look at the end of the season. Michigan is in that. They're not there yet. I can tell you that. I mean, listen. Like, oh, we know that, but thanks for clarifying. Yeah, yeah. Listen, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, you, you gotta get, you gotta, you gotta do it once, then you gotta do it again. And then you probably have to do it a third time to start to have a narrative really shift like that. So, um, you know, certainly those teams look like they're on a crash course, both, both most likely to be undefeated as long as Michigan handles business with Penn state this weekend. But I mean, the West is an absolute toss up, you know, going into the season, my pick was Minnesota. Um, and they looked like that was, that was the correct pick. People aren't giving them the credit. They're, they're not, they're forgetting the perspective that Chris Ottman bell was their leading receiver. Their, their, their stud receiver, their big guy. He was Tanner Morgan's favorite target. He went down and then Mo Ibrahim went down. So you lose your two biggest offensive targets and then you drop a game to Purdue. That game looks bad. Purdue is a good football team. As soon as you say it, Purdue could be undefeated right now. They really could. They're a couple games away. I mean, a couple bad calls, bad decisions that they made down the stretch against Penn State and Syracuse that really cost them. Otherwise, they're undefeated. They're probably ranked, and we're talking about them in a different light. And they've been beat up as well. And then here comes Illinois. You know, I, I, I watched that game this weekend. That, that defense is phenomenal. I mean, I don't know how many times, you know, they muff a punt. Iowa gets the ball in plus territory, negative yards. Iowa punts it down. So it's Illinois ball backed up on their own five. Fumble. Now it's Hawkeye ball on the four negative yards you know like that defense is the truth and whenever you have a defense in a run game i know it's not the sexy thing to talk about anymore i mean this is a buckeye podcast cj stroud can throw it for 600 yards on any given week defense is improved but whenever you have a defense in a run game you're gonna be in every game right that's it's just basic mathematics of hey we can control the clock which limits the opponent's drives and our defense is going to hold them a couple of times you're going to be in every game and they have enough firepower that they can certainly win on any given week whether they're favored or favored it or not is another story, but, um, the West is an absolute toss up. I mean, Wisconsin has regressed, um, Iowa, just as good as their defense is, there's just no offensive <laughs> identity, but they can beat you. They can beat anyone on any given week for the same reasons. Like their defense is just that good. So, um, we'll look at these next two weeks. This, this Minnesota, Illinois matchup has huge implications for the West and then Purdue as they get healthy, they got a, they got a guy, Jalen Graham, 
they run a four, two, five defense. And, and that fifth defensive back is referred to as their star. And he's like all over the field. He, he, he can line up in the box. He can line up in the secondary. He's their playmaker. Well, that was Jalen Graham and he dealt with an injury. So he's been out as they get healthier. You're going to see this Purdue team at full force and, and, and they're the truth. So Penn state, Michigan state, Ohio state, and Michigan have all been in or around the playoff. And then you get the Wisconsin's and the Northwestern's that have been in the big 10 championship as well. But like, what are the goals for some of these other big 10 teams? Like, as you talk to coaches, as you talk to players, like Ohio state, Michigan in the locker room, it's like, we want to win the big 10 championship. We want to win the national championship. Like what is, what is Purdue's locker room saying? What is Illinois locker room saying? So I think of it like, I would think of it like this, like you can't skip steps, right? So if you're trying to build a house, you can't just start sticking poles in the ground and then put drywall around it. You got to dig a little bit and you got to pour concrete, right? That's a strong foundation. And then your house isn't going to tumble over. So you look at a team, let's use Illinois, for example, you're probably not saying this is a playoff team this year. But what you do is you took a team that underperformed last year. Okay, now you're ranked. Okay, so you took a step. You, you, you dug the hole. Now let's see if you can really make a serious run at the West. Okay, now you poured the concrete. What that does is now you can go sell recruits. Hey, look at look at the way we're using our players on offense. You haven't seen that at Illinois in forever. Look at the way our defensive coordinator is performing. If you come here, we have guys that are getting drafted and making big money. That's a selling point to recruits. You can also go sell to your NIL donors. So it happens in steps. If you're a team that hasn't been there yet, say, hey, let's first get there. Let's knock on the door. And if we knock on the door, let's use that to our advantage to then do that again and again and again. And then eventually you break through and then eventually the narrative starts to change. I mean, think about it. Think about it. Even if you want to talk about Ohio State and Michigan this year, the narrative of this game that to me is so, so important. You know, Ohio State dominated that series for what a decade 2011 was the last time and that was through a coaching change and then Jim finally gets the win this year how do we talk about Ryan Day's legacy how do we talk about Jim's legacy that game last year was the was a legacy game but legacies are on the line this year say Jim goes into Columbus and wins and say they do it by dominating the line of scrimmage like they did last year how do how do Columbus fans talk about Ryan Day how do Michigan fans talk about Jim Harbaugh right that's that's what happens it takes there's so much time in between these games that it takes years to start to, you know, reform beliefs of other people. And I'm not saying that that's going to happen. I'm just saying, Hey, that's what's actually on the line this year. You know, is these things take time to play out to really start to change your culture and the narrative around your program. Joey, I'm sure you got something, but what you said just made me think of something because I was talking about this with my family over the weekend. So I think it was my uncle or someone was like, you know, Ryan Day's only lost five games or four games, whatever it is. It's like the Oregon game, um, the Michigan game, national championship, and a playoff game. And everyone talks about it like he's only lost four games. Like, it's unbelievable. Should we be looking at it as that he hasn't won the big game? Like, he can't win the big game? Or is it better, like, as an analyst, where does your mind when you see, where does your mind go when you see those are the games that he hasn't won? No, I'm not that. No. And I, I gotta be clear about that too. No, that's not the case. Last year was certainly shocking. You know, I mean, it was pleasantly shocking for me as a Michigan fan, but I know from an Ohio state's 
perspective, it was shocking because, you know, I go back and, and I grew up in Columbus and I grew up watching Ohio state and, you know, they call it the silver bullets, the defense just flying around like James Laurinaitis, Bobby Carpenter, you know, John Simon, just physical dudes playing downhill, sticking you in your mouth. And like the, the front seven of Ohio state last year, there was like a lack of willingness and a lack of physicality that in the big 10 conference where, Hey man, we know that what the weather is going to be in late November, you got to have some physicality and something stiff in your neck in those types of games. And that, that, that was what was most shocking. But as far as the big game, you could say that, I mean, that Utah win with, with guys sitting out was a huge game. What they did to Michigan state last year against a good team. I mean, that's a massive game. So Ryan day has won enough games to say that that's, that's not his narrative. But I'll tell you what, though, that is, again, that's what's on the line. I know in Columbus, the only game that matters is that Michigan game. So, you know, when was the last time Ohio State lost two in a row? You know, that that there's going to be some upset fans if that's the result. So, you know, that that just adds to the fun of the matchup, though, right? That just adds to it. It's it, the anytime you have a game with implications that's when that's when it gets fun right that that's what puts butts in the seats and gets viewers to tune in at home even outside of Michigan and Ohio State fans pressure is a privilege there's there's no doubt about it and Mm -hmm. that's a perfect segue because we do have to talk quickly about the Ohio State team and your assessment which I mean if they get in a report card it seems like they're definitely passing um but we talked about at the top of the show this is the bye week this is the quote-unquote halfway point of the year what is your assessment of Ohio State as a team, the new defense, and their national title hopes going forward. I think that, and I think Ohio State fans will like when I say this, I think there's some serious SEC bias in the rankings oh because God. because to me, Ohio State's the number one team in the country. Just just what they've done, their entire body of work has been you know phenomenal. That offense, I mean, you you went into the season, you said Jackson Smith and Jigba was probably the Bolitnikoff award winner, right? Like eight, the runaway, it was my pick for it. And then you said Travion Henderson was a preseason All-American. Well, those two guys have been beat up and that Ohio State offense has still been far and away consistently the best offense in the country. Um, Your tight end Stover, you know, I can always get down with tight ends. I mean, where where did this guy come from, man? He's having a phenomenal year. And what what goes unnoticed is Buckeye tight ends block really, really well throughout the years. I played with Jeff Hireman. I played with Nick Vanette. You know, the ability for those guys to generate holes and open holes for the backs is is something that goes unnoticed. They block phenomenal. And then, I mean, you know, here comes Mayan Williams out of nowhere. He, as a preseason backup back, looks to be in that conversation towards the top of the conference. So, and C.J. Stroud is the runaway Heisman favorite. I mean, we could talk about the offense for forever, but that, that was expected. The defense is... I said before the season is where the defense goes will set the ceiling for this team. And they look so much improved, man. Jim Knowles is um, what was a phenomenal hire. And I, and I really think, you know, Ryan day as a coach is a big part of that because your coach sets the tempo and the identity. You know, I, the concern is, Hey, this is an offense that wants to pass the ball. Right? So you think about it like this and you say spring ball is your offense against your defense camp is your offense against your defense. So you're looking at this plethora of wide receivers and your quarterback, and you're thinking as Ryan day, like I want to pass the ball, but what, what has to, what has to happen there is you have to emphasize the run. If nothing else to put a physical brand on your front seven and your offensive line. And I don't know what they did in spring, but like Jim Knowles was part of that. And I imagine there was an extra emphasis on like, man, we need to get back to playing 
physical Big Ten defense. And that's really what I've seen. I mean, the the the, the Buckeye defense is significantly improved to the point where man, this is a complete team that is an absolute national national is it absolutely in that national title conversation. So Joey and I talk about it every week that the games can get kind of boring and it's like, all right, <laughs> like seriously, it's 28, nothing in the first quarter. Like this is boring as, as a former player, do you think it's a, it could potentially be a bad thing to just like win every game, like dominantly. Does that mean that the first time a punch in the mouth comes, it's going to be harder to, to get back up or, or would you be like, are you kidding me? We're winning every game by 50. We don't want to lose any momentum or anything. I think anytime you get punched in the mouth, it, it's hard, right? Anytime you're in a, whether you're experienced in it or not, like it's, it's going to be a hard game. And um, I, there there's, there's factors for both sides. I mean, the, the big factor is health. When you're blowing teams out, you can get your starters out of there and, and stay healthy and stay fresh down the, down the length of the season, which that could be a plus the lack of experience could be a negative, but ultimately like, it's like, do we trust our guys to win in a big game? And you put them, you put them in those situations in practice, you put them in tough situations, you know, in the game, even if it's a 28, nothing, there's a third and 10, third and nine at some point early in that game. And you get to find out about that then, you know, is you, you still have situations that you can build upon throughout, throughout the season, even during blowouts, you know, good teams, Great, good teams um, may not experience this. Great teams definitely don't experience this. Where if, if you're a great team, you're blowing teams out. That's a good sign, right? You should never say that we don't we we don't feel good about that. So, Jake, we've asked you just about every single football question uh, imaginable, and you've been awesome. There are tons of shades of Joshua Perry when we're talking to you. And I remember first time we had JP on Andrew, we hung up with him, and Andrew's like, "Holy cow, that guy knows more about football than I know about anything in my." entire life so we appreciate it but we got to have a little bit of fun because that's what we like to do on this show is is mix it up a little bit my first question outside the realm of football um is in regard to your last name when did you know that your last name wasn't uh you know the same last name as a, as a smith or a johnson yeah, I mean, I I wanted to change it in elementary school because you remember like the first the, the first, you know, you you get to second grade and like it's a new homeroom and a new teacher and they have to read off your full name to to get the attendance before they knew it. So it would always be my first name and then but and I would just sit there waiting for and, and it's every class that day just bust out laughing and it would piss me off so much, man. So I told my dad I wanted to change it. My dad's like, "Man, you got to learn how to like, dude, no, you're not going to change it. You got to learn how to live with this and laugh and have some fun with it. And, uh, you know, sure enough, I started to become a better athlete and getting good at sports and, you know, about seventh grade or so, some of my friends were like, dude, you know, you got to make it to the, to, to the pros one day and you'll get a deal with Charmin. Well, after I graduated at Michigan, Charmin delivered a dump truck full of uh, toilet paper to my house. And, um, you know, that, that lifelong vision came to fruition. So you mentioned, you know, getting a deal with Charmin. Are you just kicking yourself that you didn't have NIL when you were in college with all could have had dude wipes. Yeah. Had <laughs> Chipotle. Could oh, have yeah. had, like, are you pissed about NIL? Oh, I mean, I'm not pissed. No, because I was really outspoken about it when I was a player. Like whenever I had the chance to to speak in the media, I just thought it was flat wrong that guys weren't able. It, it just didn't make sense to me. I don't think I, I never said players should get paid to play. I understood a scholarship was a form of payment, but I also didn't understand why people can sell an 88 Jersey. You know, I wore 88 at Michigan. 
someone was making money off of that. And I wasn't, you know, and I was making my, my rent checks. And I remember too, like, man, over the summer, you'd get like a $1,400 rent check every month and your rent, our rent would be like 725. So with bills, you'd probably be about 800. So you had like 600 to spend, which was what, like 150 a week. Like that's, that's plenty for a college kid, you know, and you had training table. That, that was, that was plenty. But over the summer, you know, those rent checks would drop to like 950. So then you had about 150 for a month. And like, I was fortunate where my dad would give me like a little bit of allowance, but I know guys on our team that were sending money back home to their families. And like that, that was dead wrong to me. I know one dude and I won't name his name, but like he had a, he had a, he had a, a kid and a family that he was sending money back to. And I saw, he did some things in the game that made it on t-shirts and people were selling t-shirts and I'm sitting here just dead wrong that someone's who's living comfortably enough to invest in t-shirts is making money off his image. And meanwhile, he's sending money that he doesn't have back to his family. There was something wrong about that. So I'm just happy they got this, this right. I'm all for kids making money. Like for most kids, this is the most opportunity you have to monetize your name in college. Um, you know, remember that dude, Justin Ross Clemson. Remember that guy? Of course. Yeah. That dude balled out, right? balled out in the national championship. And then because of injuries, and then he got injured again this year, going into the NFL, the prime earning years for him was right then. And I guarantee you someone made money off, off that big game and it wasn't him. So I'm just, this to me is, is logical. It's it's what makes sense. You you paved the way you paved the way. And I, all I can think about is if like, if a guy like general booty was throwing you passes, (laughs) could you imagine the, I mean, could you, the t-shirts, the, you name it, the commercials. I mean, holy cow. Yeah. General booty I, to take butt. I tweeted him last week, man. I'm like, good luck to my guy out there, General yeah. Booty. I think I'm going to make that a weekly thing just to see if it catches some fire. But yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Jake Butt ran so General Booty could run. There's there's no doubt about it. But Jake, we appreciate your time, man. We're going to end the show the way we end it uh, with each of our guests, which, yes, this is your first time, but you've been a longtime listener, so you know how it goes. But for the people who are listening, for the first time, maybe it's a Michigan fan, maybe it's a Big Ten fan. Uh, we end every episode um, via our presenting sponsor, Brain Fuel, which Jake will make sure you get some uh, some Brain Fuel should you be at our our live show. Um, but we end it by asking you, and you're the perfect guy for this. Do you have any questions for us? This is your show. We're turning the tables on you. Ask away. All right. So I'm in Chicago. They love deep dish pizza out here. I lived in Ann Arbor. They love their Detroit style. My in my future in-laws live on the East Coast in New Jersey. And they in New York's got some good pizza. Chicago, they love their pizza out here. I'm not having it. There's one place that I love above all else. And I'm asking you guys what your favorite pizza is. Um, Andrew, you want to go first? No, you got it. Um, I think that I am really, really biased towards one spot because I grew up with um, a guy in the um, in the family. I also think it's incredible but I'll be the first person to say I'm not a deep dish guy. I'd rather have thin crust from this place. I'd rather have New York pizza in general before Chicago okay. pizza. But my, my political answer is Lou Malnati's. Okay. I haven't been there. I haven't been there, but I've, oh, it's been okay. highly recommended. Yeah. yeah that's, I'm like almost out on pizza out here because it's just been, it just hasn't cut it. So I'm going to have to. Lou I've Malnati's heard. get a small deep dish just so you could taste it. Okay. But like their thin crust, Holy cow. It's, phenomenal perfect all right i like it so i don't know how how often you frequent like the suburbs or non uh chicago downtown places but 
and there might actually be a Chicago location, Barnaby's, which is okay. thin crust, is really good. So if in my favorite deep dish is Lou Malnati's, but if you're like, I am out on deep dish, I need some really good thin crust, Barnaby's, really good. Okay. Probably like a 20, 25 minute drive for you. Probably. I'll, I'll drive for good pizza, man. I'll drive. Cause I, I just, I need it. Those are two good wrecks. But the reason I, I said this though, is because the best and thin crust it's Donato's to me, dude. I love Donato's. In- like I'll literally, when I'm in the Columbus airport, I, I, I went through the, the middle security, which was like the B gates, right, no Donato's right. there. It was at the C gates. I left the B gates, went through security <laughs> in the C gates, bought two Donato's pizzas, went back through security in the B gates. I'm like all in on it. So that's right. what I like. And, um, last question for you guys. Let's see a score yeah. prediction, uh, Ohio state, Michigan. You guys got one. If you had to predict it at the end of the season. I think I've said the same prediction every time we talk about score predictions, but I'm going to keep it consistent. Um, I'm going to go, whew, maybe I should mix it up a little bit. Just I'm going to go 42, 17 Ohio state. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, right. I think, I, I, I think that it, it's, it's like I'm betting on last year being more of a fluke than it was Michigan getting better. You know what I mean? And that's just the, I'm biased. That's what I'm rooting for. Like I'm, I'm a basketball guy. I'll give you my honest basketball takes. I don't have to give you my honest football takes. Got it. So fair. We're, so I'm gonna go 42-7. It just, I like throwing out the numbers that, like, I don't know if there's ever been a score that's 42-17 in Ohio State, Michigan, but like, that sounds right. So I'll go 42-17. Okay. I think, I think obviously we don't know who's gonna be playing from Ohio State. Personally, I, I had a take. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba may have played his last game with Ohio State. Would love to be wrong, mm. but also, you know, wouldn't mind my take to be right. It's kind of like a win-win, takes correct, mm. or he comes Good back. Point. But, basis. but I think it, it Ohio State will not struggle to score, but that'll be a game where it's like, yeah, the defense is improved, but Michigan's offense, pretty solid. You know, I think that's like a 49-28 with a chance that it gets to 49-35. I think it's a high-scoring game. You guys are going for blowouts? No, I mean, there was game. I don't think 49-35 is a blowout. I think you it's didn't like, say that. You said you said 49-28 is a blowout. Who knows when who knows when it hits 49 could be like a uh, you know, Mine Williams should have gone down at the one to let the clock run out, but he sneaks into the end zone. One of the, you know, it's never over, but it's like, it's over, you know? <laughs> what do you think, Jake? I, I, I think, um, I think, man, listen, I played 2013. We had no business being in that game, you know, in, in, in Ann Arbor, 42, 41, 42, 41, you know, in, in 2014, it took a, it took a, it was like a fourth quarter run. It was like a tie game, seven minutes in the fourth quarter. It was like fourth and one. And you handed it to uh, Ezekiel Elliott. And we had Joe Bold and Jake Ryan just, just get muffed up in the pile. And Zeke broke it for a touchdown that ultimately broke the game away. But that was close. Obviously 2016 was close. There's been times with this, this series, the way it works is it's going to be a close game, I think. And man, last year wasn't a close game. It was, it was close. It was, I mean, listen, I wasn't sitting in those stands, you know, <laughs> comfortable, you know, it was not, see, that's so funny. You say that. Cause I was sitting with my college roommate in Chicago, sitting there. There's no, just watching the game. There's no way we can win this game. So whether it was a blowout or not, I didn't, I, I thought it was over, I guess, mm. but that's just the difference in 
yeah. fandoms, I guess, right? Like we had 10 years in a row where you get up for the Michigan game, it's the second quarter's over, and you're like, all right, like, yeah. I think we got this one. I just think, you know, what the antidote to an elite passing game and an elite quarterback is an elite pass rush. And that's what that's what helped Michigan so much last year. This I don't they don't have David Ojabo, they don't have Aiden Hutchinson. They're outpacing their sacks from last year already. They're they're significantly outpacing it. Um the antidote to that was to run the ball and control the clock. Go back and watch that Iowa game. Michigan's offensive line dominated, dominated. Their interior is, is in some ways you can make a point that their interior is even better than what it was last year. Um, now, does that mean you'll see the same result? No, but I, I'd say that that tells me that it's going to be a closer game and whoever's brand of football wins that day. If Ohio state's able to pass it at will and play their game, they'll win. If Michigan's able to play defense and get to CJ Stroud and control the clock on offense, I think they win, but um, it's, it's a close matchup with two different identities. That's what, that's, what's going to make it so fun. So long winded answer for no answer. Thank you. Oh yeah. No, I, 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 as an analyst, I'll reserve my right. You guys can think (laughs) I'll reserve my right to, I, I think Michigan wins. All right. I think Michigan wins. I, I can't give yeah. you a score quite yet. I thought, but, I thought, we'll, I thought you were going to give me the herb. So you're like, ah, I'm calling the game. So can't. Uh, yeah, I can't. I, well, when I do call the game, that'll be different, but that's so, probably five, six so years. From let me ask you, sorry. I, 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 we're, I promise we're done. Why can he not give a score prediction on college game day? Uh, for games he calls, it's just probably not, not, not cool. You know, it's not cool. I respect that too. Like, is that all? It, it's not like a rule. It's not like, it's like, a no, no. Thing. Just think, you know, you, you meet with the coaches during the week. Like you talk to them and, and like, you know, a little bit more than everybody else does. Well, not even that. It, it just be like, all right, I'm, I'm, it's kind of disrespectful to say yeah, already okay. you think a team's going to lose, you know, like you're <laughs> when, when you're sitting there and you're supposed to remain completely unbiased and talk about what you see. So I, I think that's a vet move by Herb Street. By the way, I think Herb Street is one of the best, best. He's one of the best ever do it i know some buckeye fans don't like him and, and give him some slack i know he moved out of columbus well he's I good think now because he... his son is on the team okay yeah see but i, I think he's <laughs> I, I i thought he was it has always been so phenomenal and so truthful and so honest and listen when you're a team like ohio state like you know as an analyst like you got to find sometimes you have to critique things that are less than perfect but frankly that that should show you as a fan that you're in a good spot because they're right. nitpicking, you know, like you've, you've exceeded, you know, shoot, you could look at some other teams right now and you could talk about a lot of things when you're nitpicking. That means you have a good team. So um, just want to make that point. Yeah, Herb Street and Fowler are the best duo regardless best. of level and sport. They're yeah. Also with, with Herb Street and really with anyone who calls games, they already get shit like, oh, he's got money. He's got yeah. money on Michigan. Oh, he has buys. So, so if you give if you give fans like on Twitter any fuel to the fire, that, like if he says, I think Ohio State, you know, pulls this one out and it's seven nothing, the yeah. team they're playing, he'll have five hundred thousand tweets, you know, ripping him apart. So it's like, I, I don't blame him. I know you experienced that, Jake. It's got to be kind of fun when you get those tweets. Kind I of. mean, I, at first I was like, I'm competitive, so I'm like, I want to be perfect, but do people come at you? And I'm like, listen, <laughs> man. You don't understand how fast these things are happening in the booth. Like half the time, I can't tell you what I'm going to say a second before I say it, you know, it just sometimes comes out and sometimes it's not perfect, but you know, it's just the way, way it goes. Right. There she goes. Well, sir, we, we appreciate you. This was a blast. Definitely. uh, We'll have you on again, hopefully soon. We know you're a busy guy, but this this was great. We'll be watching you. We'll be listening to you. And uh, before we let you go, tell everybody where, where they can find you. 
and Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I'm trying to get the TikTok going a little bit too, but I think it's it's just jbooty88. So J Jake Butt. It's actually Jay Booty. That's that's the handle, and then it's my college number eighty eight. So, Buckeye fans, feel free. You can give me some slack. I can take it. I might dish it back to you. That's what's fun. But reach out to me on social media. Should we do a little bet? Like a like not like a where are the other teams thing, but maybe you have to like do like a OHIO on on camera. If not yet, not yet. We'll see the week of the game. Let's see where the rosters are we, at. Let's we, see who's we'll healthy. Yeah, yeah. We'll touch. follow up. All, All right, cool. Touch. Thanks, fellas. We hope you enjoyed that interview and this episode. You know, we got a lot of announcements coming the next few weeks. Guests, personal news, exciting stuff in the drive the lane world. Um, You're definitely going to want to buckle up and drive the lane. Episode's not over yet. A couple of shout outs. Of course, shout out to Brain Fuel. Shout out to Denny, the music behind drive the lane. Um, the reason you're, you're rocking out at the beginning and the end of the episodes is because of Danny. We had him on the show, maybe the most knowledgeable NFL guy we've, we've had on since Robert Mays. Maybe he was, he's the most knowledgeable fantasy football guy. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even talk fantasy football. Eh, next yeah. week. I'm done with fantasy. Football. I think I'm out. I think I'm not joining any leagues next year. I'm done. I'm done. I was thinking about how can I get out of the two leagues I'm in, but one is work and I don't think I could be out of it. And the other one, I definitely think I could be out of, but I love the guys and it's a good way to stay in touch with them. So it's like, I don't know. It's just money, Andrew. It's just pride and money. Definitely at the end of the, day. Into the season with, with a league you care more about. And then depending on how those teams start, like I'm all in on the league that I was less in on. And, you know, I had a pretty bad trade. I traded, I traded Devante, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and Montgomery for – and also Dak. But that was also kind of just like a throw-in for, for – And who? Who was the last guy? Dak. Like, he might, he might play next week. He might not. Like, that was, that was kind of just a throw-in. And I got back Aaron Jones, Terry McLaurin, and Kareem Hunt. But Oh, my God. When did you make that trade? No, it's not – so here's the deal. Everyone says terrible trade, terrible trade. Here's the deal with my league. It's – 0.25 PPR. So like in some leagues, Devonta Adams gets 20 points. And in my league, he has 11, you know, like, it's just like, and now my three running backs are Miles Sanders, Damian Pierce and Aaron Jones. So like you live, you live and you learn. I got Cooper Cup. Fucking sick. You're, you're sick. I believe in you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I might get ripped for that trade. No one's probably listening right now. So yeah, I was about to say ripped by who? <laughs> let, let's end it. Shout out Josh Schaffner. Very, very involved in our Twitter. We haven't shouted him out in a while. Um, God, anyone else we want to shout out? Oh, I thought of a good idea. We should do this. If you're still listening, let us know. What do you think about an episode where we have our, our grandpas on that are both on the right side of 90? Not your grandpa's 90, right? 97 yeah yeah the right side of 90 but yeah i'm not saying they're on together and they interact but like maybe we like do a little drive the lane with the grandpas could be cool i love i've always wanted to do drive the lane with our moms that would be so funny yeah that'd be very funny live show maybe they could pop up at the live show i there are some awesome ideas that my friends have sent me for the live show that we've talked about like i think that the live show is gonna be less of like a live show more of like a interactive event like it's yeah it's not going to be us sitting up there talking while everyone else talks amongst themselves. Like we are 
we are one. We are one show. Yeah. So, okay. All right. Well, it's been a pleasure, Andrew. Nice episode. Oh, how's things been so boring? Should we reverse the ending and maybe that'll like spark some? Nope. Nah. What about the what about the order of the ending? Buckle up and drive the lane. Go Buckeyes. No, 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 no. It felt weird. Felt weird. Let's do it. I didn't even know I didn't even know what to say. I was like, do I say drive the lane too? Yeah. Like, and sometimes you're like beat the bye week. Like you're so good at that ending. Go Buckeyes. Thanks. Thanks. Um, all right. <clears throat> Buckle up. Oh, shoot, that's you. Oh, that's my line. Is this thing on? Buckle up and drive the the bye week. Buckle up and drive the lane. Oh, Buckeyes. Enjoy the bye week. Clocking out early, that's the dish I don't like. Been getting paid since I was riding on the bike. Hit the pedal with the eighth, hopping on the ninth flight. I've been chilling out of sight. I'll be at the bar tonight. You try the same thing, but your car get declined White rappers nowadays know we're not too hard to find I'm so dapper with my ways, I'm gon' linger in your mind Always told me good things, look, I'm too dull to be patient But I've been way too patient, riding bars in my basement I'm anxious in the real world, it's time for me to say this The basics, the talent in my mind, I can't waste it My life is too safe, it's my time for it's taking I'm baking my mind, every day is the same ish Lazy, my grind needs to get a new facelift Ground and busting through the pavement. Rock with it and lean with it. My team win it. My team win it. Now rock with it and lean with it. My team turn up when I spit it. Now rock with it and lean with it. My team win it. My team win it. Now rock with it and lean with it. My team turn up when I spit it. Don't think that I'm playing because I'm saving the game and I said that I will be more because of. So raving, racing, and pacing around all these lames in my lane, out my way, unless you're trying to pay me. Not from the playpen, it's coming from the jungle. When you hear the bell, you better be ready to rumble, because I'ma grab the gloves and I'm gonna flex my muscles. Go ahead and spit some bars, but you're probably just gonna mumble. A lot of rappers these days really need to get them humble, because they think they at the top, they better stop before they stumble, because I'm swiping all their biddies while they swiping right on bumble. And your girl, he calls me daddy, but she only calls you uncle. But no, we not related, homie. No, we not some fans.